Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is August 2nd, 2020. Um, This is season two of the podcast. And season one was more about my journey in going through my midlife crisis. And once I got the third revelation of my purpose in life, the midlife crisis just ended. And so we have season two, where I'm just talking about the things that I learn um, on a daily basis. So as usual, I'm going to try not to be before you long. I'm not sure how well that will work out, but we're going to give it a good old college try. So the first thing I want to share with you guys is, you know, since the pandemic, a lot of people have been, you know, um, doing a lot of DIY and exercising and eating healthier and you know because there's not much to do being that a lot of places are still closed and we're in the month of August so I had purchased a bike and I went bike riding for the first time it wasn't too hot it wasn't you know too humid and um there weren't too many people out. There were people out in this particular park. Um, they were jogging, they were walking, they were bike riding, they were, you know, exercising. But there were no children in this particular um, park playing. It's more like a field. And um, normally in that field, um, the city holds concerts there. But because there's the whole social distancing and, you know, the coronavirus, there hadn't been any concerts in that field. So anyhow, um, it's about two miles in a circular motion. And I (laughs) am not a bike rider. I am not a cyclist. I'm the one who will put the cute little dog and the basket that's on the front of the bike, you know, ride out to the supermarket that's like 10 minutes away, 10, 15 minutes away, and then ride back home. That's me. So I decided to challenge myself. And I had to keep taking breaks, which was fine. Here's what I learned. Here's the point of this. So I got to a certain point point where I was like, okay, now I'm tired and I've had enough, but I'm going to push through because I have to get to a certain part of this field so that I can get the heck out of here and go home. So I decided to ride the bike that way instead of walking the rest of the way. And so I pushed, I pushed and By the time I got to my destination, I actually have felt refreshed, like it was a really good bike run. You know in life, when we're trying to do something, maybe we're trying to have children, we're trying to relocate, we're trying to get into college, we're taking a particular exam where we need the state license, 
Um, you know, we're trying to be a better person. You know, we're trying to make the relationship work. You know, we're in prayer and supplication and fasting and we're shabaking and we're on the wall like the wailing women in the Bible. Keep pushing. It's like there's something that is blocking you and you can't figure out what it is for the life of you. Like, why do you keep failing the test? Why do you keep failing the exam? Why, you know, are you having such a hard time trying to do something that you always do and succeed with? Keep pushing. Your breakthrough is coming. And when you get to that breakthrough, it's like a birthing in the spirit. Hallelujah. It's like a birthing in the spirit. When that baby is getting ready to come, that baby is that business. That baby is that ministry. That baby is that house. That baby is that car. That baby is whatever you called forth in Jesus' name. If you just keep pushing, the water will break. And you will have that breakthrough. And that's what I experienced when I pushed myself in that bike ride. There was a breakthrough. There was a shifting. And I felt better. And I was proud of myself. So that's the first thing that I wanted to share with you. Whatever it is that you're trying to do. Whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish, whatever goals you may have for yourself, if you just keep coming up against this block and you don't know what it is, it's time to go into prayer and worship and, and thanksgiving and keep pushing. If it takes you 10 days to get that breakthrough, just keep pushing. Push until something happens. The second thing I wanted to talk about is acquaintances. I'm not even going to say friends. I'm going to say acquaintances. And so sometimes I talk to you guys about um, this woman whom I had met while in college. And so since the pandemic happened, um, she, you know, she lost her job. The company she worked for had closed down and she had to go out in unemployment. So she was depressed um, simply because she wasn't working anymore. And then she had to homeschool her child, which she had never done before. And then she realized that her co-workers were not really her friends. And I don't you know, everybody learns that lesson. They learn that your co-workers are not your friends. They're just that, your co-workers. If you walk out of the job with one person who actually turns out to be a friend, you've been blessed and highly favored. There's a purpose in that relationship. And so I was the only one who was still standing in her life, aside from her family members in which she lives with. And so um, I believe it's like a two or three family house. Um, 
and the family members came together and, you know, purchased this house and they pay for it, whatever they do. And so, you know, they have their own lives with their own spouses and children and their own friends. And, and whatever, you know, stay-at-home job that they have. And so, just to backtrack a little bit, I remember maybe about two years ago, I was in her city, and I uh, asked her if she wanted to come out, and I let her know that there was a carnival happening uh, in her city, and if she would like to bring her, her child and go. And I said to her, you know, we hadn't seen each other since we graduated college in like 2014. And at that point, it was 2018. And I repeat this verbatim the way that she said it. She said, nah, I live on the other side of town. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what she said. And I didn't get mad at her. I said, okay, sis, no problem. That was probably about the fourth time, fourth or fifth time that I had made an attempt for us to get together and to just see each other. We hadn't even done a FaceTime in years. And she was okay with it. Okay. I wasn't mad at her. So I decided that I wasn't going to um, ask her anything else after that. So fast forward a little bit, and um, I think Good Friday was coming up, and she was talking to me about Good Friday and asking me what was I doing, and so forth and so on, and I wasn't, I didn't have any plans. And so I said, well, I don't know what we're doing on this day. I was thinking that she wanted to see what I was doing, and maybe we could get together and do something together. But that wasn't it. She said, nah, I'm doing uh, a fasting and prayer with me and my family. This is what we do every Good Friday, and we cook this, and we do that, and this is what we do. We pray, and this is what we do. And the way that she said it was like, I know what I'm doing over here with my family. I don't know about you. And I don't have no suggestions either. I said, okay, sis, no problem. So then the pandemic happened. And again, I wasn't mad at her. Then the pandemic happened. Everything got shut down. You couldn't go anywhere. If you walked outside, it was like you were in the movie, it was like a movie where it's just creepy and dreary outside and you just expect, you know, a zombie apocalypse to, to happen. That's how, how crazy it was. And then slowly but surely, you know, the cities and the states, they started opening up some things um, that as long as it were, as long as it was essential and they um, allowed parks to be open um, during certain hours, like nine to six or something like that, so that people can, you know, get out of the house, try to get some air, get a little exercise, whatever the case may be, right? Follow me, because I'm going somewhere. And so, because of my line of work, I'm always blessed to be able to go to different areas and locations and and see new things. And in the process of that, I've learned where different supermarkets were at. 
and different restaurants for that matter. And so just to be doing something, I would go to a completely different city from where I live and go to the supermarket because that was all we could really do, go to a supermarket, um, maybe go to a pharmacy, and that's like (laughs) pretty much it, you know, go to a Target because they sold food. You know, that's pretty much it. And so I would go to these different places and I would mention it to her. You know how, remember, you guys remember when it was a a shortage of toilet tissue. And nowhere in my area where I live were you able to find toilet tissue. So I had to go out to a different city and I found a plethora of toilet tissue. And so I mentioned it to this girl, you know, my college classmate, how... You know, I went to another city and, you know, to different supermarkets and then they have like vegan foods and, you know, I'm trying to eat right for my blood type and, you know, shed a couple of pounds, be a little healthier because now I'm over 40, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, sis was inviting herself to the places that I'm going. And I said to myself, Why all of a sudden is she inviting herself into my life? I go and come as I please by myself. I'm cool with that. I'm a loner and I'm introverted. Though I do require human interaction from time to time. It's not all the time. But why all of a sudden is sis inviting herself to the places that I'm going? I've been to BJ's. I've been to Target, I've been to Walmart, I've been to different supermarkets, I've been to different fish markets, um, I've been to um, 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 wine warehouses, uh, you know, different parks, you know, certain restaurants you are able to call in and pick up your order, and I've been doing that as well. So... I said to her, okay, um, there's a Whole Foods supermarket in another city from you and I. We could take a trip there. I've never been to Trader Joe's before, and it would be cool to see what exactly do they have in there. So I watched her in the process of that, and I, I listened to what she was saying and heard what she wasn't saying, and I discovered that She was just tired of being in the house. She was tired of the shelter in place. She needed a break from her mother. She needed a break from her child. She needed a break from her brother. She just needed a break and she needed to get out of the house. And being that she didn't have no friends, she turned to me. I'm what she does when she doesn't have anything else to do. She would never actively choose me. Ain't that foul? Still, I didn't hold a grudge against her. And so we went to Trader Joe's, and that was the first time I had saw her in like five years. And it was so awkward and uncomfortable. It just felt so fake. And I felt that if I never saw her again, it would be cool with me. You know? So... 
time go on and I saw that her only thoughts were herself and what she wanted and that was it. She didn't take anybody else's feelings into consideration. It never even entered her mind for that matter. And her selfishness is to the point where you can ask her a question and if she's having those moments where she's having trust issues, she will not answer the question. You could say to her, where is the yellow marker highlighter at? You know, I could have sworn it was on a kitchen counter. And she'll know it's on the, in the living room on the end table. But she'll say to you, because she's having trust issues, she'll say to you, I don't know. And, and, and you would say, well, why the hell would you do something like that? Like, you saw it on the end table. I asked you if you saw it. And you chose not to say the highlighter is on the end table? Like, what kind of? Who does that? But she does it because she's having trust issues at that moment. So she doesn't give you information if you ask her. So it doesn't make sense to even ask her. That's something that I noticed with her. If she's feeling loving and romantic and hopelessly romantic and you ask her a question, then she'll answer you. I noticed that as well. And so time goes on and I said to myself, I wonder what will happen if I was more loyal to her than those whom she's surrounded by. Like I was just very curious. So she was having a problem with unemployment and I helped her get the unemployment. She, she did say thank you in like 2.5 seconds and then she moved, she quickly moved on. She said it so quick and moved on, it was like she hated to say thank you or hated to just be noble. So I helped her to get the unemployment. I um, showed her different apps to download to your phone where you can order like clothes and sneakers and so forth and so on. But it wasn't nothing major. Like I told her about Old Navy. I told her about Rainbow Shop. I didn't tell her the good stuff like Hollister and Saks Fifth Avenue, Levi, um, Sephora. I didn't tell her those type of things. I also did not tell her about um, E-Trade and other apps where you can use to actually invest your money into. I mentioned life insurance policy to her, but I wanted to see if she would do it on her own without me holding her hand, and she actually completely forgot about it. So I sat back and I thought about all of what I have brought into her life versus what she has brought into my life, and it was nothing. The only thing she said to me was how to use the settings on the iPhone, how to navigate it rather, because it's completely different from an Android. If, you're, if you've <laughs> experienced shifting from Android to iPhone, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that was the only thing she had ever 
brought into my life during this pandemic. It was, it's nothing useful. Besides being a listening ear, it's nothing useful. Whereas I helped her propel in life just a little bit more. I've showed her how to make her life just a little bit easier, a little more carefree, a little more stress-free. I taught her how to do her own hair. You know, the woman has got a child and don't know, as a black woman, how to perm her hair. I taught her how to do that. I've done quite a few things for her. and. I had not gotten a measure of that in return, and I never will. She, she can teach me certain things. She's just too selfish to share, and that's just who she is. That's her. So let's fast forward a little bit more, and she, um, okay, so my birthday is coming up. And she kept pressing me about what I'm doing for my birthday. And all of a sudden, she wanted to help me throw my birthday party. But when I turned 40, I had a birthday party and I had invited her. And she made up an excuse to not show up. Now, a person's 40th birthday party is is imperative. A person graduating college, that's an important moment in their life. A person, you know, publishing a book, that's an important moment in their life. An anniversary, a birth of a grandchild, uh, the start of a business, the a first-time homebuyer, a, a person who, who buys a car for the first time. You know, th- these are important moments in people's lives where they want those who will support them and genuinely love them to be around them to celebrate with them. And during that important moment of my life where I turned 40, she was not there. And now because there's a pandemic and she don't have anything else to do, all of a sudden I should throw myself a birthday party where she's actually volunteering to help. Get out of here. Get out of here. So, I said, maybe I'll go to a hotel for a couple of days and invite a select few people there because, you know, the whole social distancing thing, and we'll have a vision board party. Now, I never told her the story behind the vision board to begin with, and I did that for a reason. I did it because I felt I'm not going to keep sharing things with somebody who's selfish, That doesn't make sense. Like, I can't keep pouring from my cup and my cup is not being refilled. It doesn't make sense. And so I was thinking about whether I was going to do this hotel thing or not. But at the end of it all, I was going to decide not to. Because, yes, I know that she's only around me because she doesn't have any other friends. I'm her second choice. I'm what she chooses when she doesn't have anything else going for herself. So our family decided to rent an Airbnb for a couple of days. And everybody was pooling their money together to, you know, take this trip and purchase food or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the whole hotel thing and my birthday party is out the window. Because now she has something else better to do. So I didn't say anything, so I decided that um, 
I was going to start pulling away from her at that point. And so one day I'm talking to her and she forgot that she was talking to me and she was talking about me to me and said that I needed something to do. Oh, yes, she did say that tribe. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I need something to do. Yes, she did. Yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. She said that. She said that. The audacity. Right? I said, okay, sis. Say no more. I got off the phone with her. And I wasn't even mad. I'm still not mad. As shysty as she is, I'm still not mad at her. I'm not her friend. I'm not her enemy either. But I'm not going to be what she does when she doesn't have anything else to do. Because I'm quite sure once the economy fully opens up and she has the ability to go back to work, she's going to make friends on the job. Then all of a sudden she's going to have friends and then I get to go back on that back burner. I know that. I'm cool with that. I think that people should get the same energy that they give out. Right? I think that. And so I said to her, now, there's an M&M store in Manhattan that I've been craving to go to. And not too far from it, there's a Levi's store that I've been craving to go to there, that store as well. And so... uh she cannot go with me. She wanted to go. She invited herself. Yeah, the same person that said, I need something to do, invited herself to my day trip to the city. She can't go with me now. She can go, just not with me. It's, you know, it's none of my business whether she goes or not. She just can't go with me. She don't need my permission to go. She just can't go with me. So I said to her, I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to show her better than I can tell her since I need something to do. You know, there's this, remember that cartoon, G.I. Joe? And one of the things that they would say was maintain military silence. And so I decided to maintain military silence. It makes people think when you maintain military silence. And I felt that she needs a break from me. And I decided that her break was going to happen before her trip and after her trip. And so now we had plans to go to Whole Foods, which is another supermarket. Um, health food supermarket. And... I can take myself to Whole Foods anytime I want to. I don't need company. So I decided that she's not going with me to Whole Foods. She don't need my permission to go. She just can't go with me. So I said to her, listen, I'm going to another state for my summer vacation for a couple of days. And by the time I get back, you'll be gone, you know, for your mini vacation so maybe we could put off going to the supermarket until after you get back 
I didn't tell her that it's canceled. What's canceled is her going with me. Whether she goes or not is up to her. And so, for the entire week, before she had gotten, uh, before it was time for her to go to her trip, I don't text, I don't call, I don't tag her on social media and something funny. I don't share anything with her. I don't do anything. And to my surprise, she noticed. And I think she noticed because she wasn't interacting with her family. And she has no friends to occupy her from even noticing. And all this one particular day, I was getting all types of text messages from her. And she was tagging me on social media. I ignored it till the next day. I didn't even respond to her. You know why? Because I have something to do. I have friends. You know what I'm saying, Tribe? I have friends. I can interact with any one of them at any given moment. I am introverted and I am a loner. My friends understand that I don't need daily, constant human interaction. They're okay with me. And aside from that, they're busy. Even though it's a pandemic, they're still busy. They have relationships, some are frontline workers, they're still working. They're busy. Whatever they're doing, they're just busy. But when I want to interact with them, if I fail to be around them, to go to their house or they come to mine, I just pick up the phone and say, hey, what you doing on this day? Let's cook something. Let's go this place. And they're okay with it. But my college acquaintance, she doesn't have that option. So I wanted her to see what her life would be like when it's just her, her son, and her family. When her family is not interacting with her. Because half the time, when she reach out to them, they don't even respond back to her. So I wanted her to see. And when she gets back, I'm going to kindly show her all the food that I have in my house. And it's true. God has blessed me during this pandemic. I don't have a want or need for anything to eat or drink. Whether it's, if I wanted to have filet mignon, I can do that. If I wanted to have uh, shrimp and fish and crab legs and fried mussel and, and, you know, sweet potato vegetable and some wine I can do that God has truly truly blessed me and I'm thankful for it I don't owe any money on any bills during this whole time I've gotten everything that I needed plus everything that I've wanted Uh, God has blessed me and what she don't know is that she's not going with me to the city either. I actually have plans on going tomorrow as long as there's not a thunderstorm <laughs> in New York. <laughs> but she's she's not going with me. And so she's going to spend the rest of her August trying to figure it out. There's, there's not going to be any more interacting with me. And she'll only speak to me when 
she reaches out to me. I won't be reaching out to her. You know, I'm gonna tell her I'm, 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 you know, I got something to do. I'll holler at you. That's what I'm gonna do. By the time she speaks to me again, she's gonna be so thankful and so grateful. She'll be happy by the time she speaks to me again. So I just wanted to share this story with you guys to just tell you, you know, it doesn't do you any good to hold a grudge against people. Because what happens is, if you hold a grudge against one person, you start holding a grudge against everyone. You don't just keep that boundary between yourself and that person that is doing whatever it is that they're doing. The problem is you may have to remind yourself of why you don't do what you don't do with that particular person. But you only, you like blocking your own soul by holding grudges, by being unforgiving. You're blocking your own, your own soul from love, from giving and receiving love. So you don't want to do that. Forgive people, for they know not what they do. Not everybody is going to do the things that you would do. Not everybody is noble. Not everybody has integrity. Not everybody is a good communicator. You know, we live in a place where, like, 90% of the population is selfish. You have to accept that selfishness comes with the territory. And that's cool. You, you'll even try to, you know, go someplace, let's say, um, at a courthouse to get some documents or city hall to get some information about something. You know, people will have the answer to the question and they won't answer you. And then you have people who don't know. And they're too powerful to simply say, I don't know, but I know someone who would know the answer. Let me reach out to that person and see if I could get the answer for you. People are just too powerful. Even pastors, they don't say that, I don't know, when they don't know. They make something up instead. I don't know why people do that. Well, I do know, it's pride. And then you have people who are just too powerful to apologize. They know that they are wrong. Their conscience will eat them alive. But they won't say, I apologize. They won't say, I'm sorry. They won't acknowledge what they did. What they will do is be nice to you. That's their apology. Because they're too prideful to just simply acknowledge what they did and how it could have you know, hurt you or caused some type of negative impact in your life and just apologize. They're just too prideful to do it. So this is the world that we live in. We just have to accept people for exactly what they are and who they are. Surround yourself, and, and you hear this proverb a lot. A lot. Surround yourself by like-minded people. That's all you can do. Your circle will be small, but that's fine because you'll know who you can depend on and who you can trust. Who will genuinely support you and who will genuinely love you for you without looking for anything in return. So it's okay to have a small circle. So I just wanted to come on and share that with you guys. 
And the point of it all is sometimes you have to withdraw yourself from people. The perks that you come with, you just have to remove it from their life and let them see the difference in their life without you. But don't be mad at people. Don't, don't hold a grudge, even if it's a parent that had really bad parenting skills. I think a lot of people, you know, get a little bit older and they say, maybe if my mother or my father was in my life, it would have turned out a little bit differently. You know, you can't, it doesn't behoove you to finger point, you know, at your parent. Yes, it's true. Your life probably would have been different had your missing parent had been there or had your parent known parenting skills because that's what a lot of parents never never look into before they even get pregnant is good parenting skills and so parents oftentimes miss the mark but you can't it is it's, I'm not going to tell you I don't want to say you can't blame your parent but I'm just going to say it doesn't behoove you to you know blame your parent it doesn't behoove you to finger point you know the only thing that you can do is just take your life by the horns and just make your life the way that you envision your life to being we live in a land of opportunity and some of us have more privileges than others use it If you put God first, a lot of the times, you put God first and you wake up to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to make, you know, good decisions for yourself. And sometimes you may fumble, and that's fine. This life is about learning experiences. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. Even when you die, you're going to learn something new because you've never died before. You don't know what happens once, you, once your soul leaves your body, so you'll be learning something new. It's all about learning. It's a learning process. You know, and, and sometimes people don't look at things from your perspective. They only see things from their perspective. And their perspective, their perspective is based off of, you know, how they grew up, the traumatic experiences, their happy experiences. You know, when they try something, and it works, they have success, they keep doing it, you know, that's, that's, that's part of life, you know, so just try not to, the point is, try not to, you know, you know, just hold a grudge or be mad at someone or forgive them, the forgiveness truly is for yourself, is for your peace of mind, because if you don't forgive them, you're living your life in an emotional prison while that person had moved on and they're not even thinking about what it is that they've done to you or what problems that they have caused you. They have their own, you know, pain that they live with on a daily basis unless they're distracted. But they're not thinking about what they've done to you. So it just doesn't make sense to live in an emotional prison. And that's just all that I have wanted to share with you guys. Shalom.